So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. Oh, this one's gonna be about personal finances. I at least guess and I hope. I know because I haven't read the article yet, but I guess and I also hope that it is going to provide me and you some some tips on how to handle your money basically. But more as always after the intro. And I missed it. I missed it being here and recording, even though it has also, it has also been a, a quite great time, you know? But yeah, with that being said, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast. And I'm really pumped to be here and talking about this because this is something that is really, really important, you know? Handling money, talking about money, money being something that a lot of people are not talking about, that society is often not talking about, which is something that I can understand, of course. But I kind of also feel like, well, um, why? You know, why aren't we talking about that? Because it is something really important to talk about. But yeah, um, as you might hear, my voice is a little bit fucked. A little bit. Um, because, like, yeah, you know, I haven't been sleeping that much the last entire week. Unfortunately, this is why I've got just, yeah, a little... I don't want to say sick, but I just... Yeah, you know, my voice is a little bit fucked. I'm a little bit no seal or whatever it is called. But yeah, um, before I'm actually going to start this episode, I do just really have to suggest you something, which is going down in the description if you're just, you know, this is for all the people that are watching the YouTube video. If you're watching the YouTube video and you're not basically having the time for watching a 30-minute fucking episode of this podcast, then I would highly suggest you to go down in the description and check out the podcast link, you know, which is then going to um, going to lead you to the podcast site, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Google Podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, and you got, you're then going to be able to listen to this whole experience, you know, which means that you're way more effective and way more efficient than by just sitting here and watching, because... I don't know a lot of people that are listening to podcasts while laying in bed and doing nothing. Most often people are just driving in their cars, they're cooking, they're walking their dog, they're doing something simultaneously, which is great because it is way more efficient than sitting here for 30 minutes and watching me, reading things, talking about things, it is better. It is just better and I would highly suggest you to do that if you're not having the time. If you're just a person that just likes to, to see somebody talking and sees... Um, what the person is talking about and or reading, then of course the YouTube video is something that's pretty good for you. But yeah, I just really have to say that because, uh, yeah, you know, because we all are different and we all are learning in different ways, which is really good, you know, because it would also be just really kind of boring, wouldn't it be, you know, when everybody would just feel the same way, act the same way, if we all would actually be the same way. But yeah, um, this ideas.ted.com article is called How Fa Financial Literature Are You? Yeah. <laughs> Three things you should know about your money. And uh, why have I took this one? I actually wanted to talk about meditation because I was able to read quite a lot about meditation in my quote-unquote holidays. But uh, I've, I've decided to go something relatively easy for my first episode that I'm recording after a week, actually. Well, f yeah... Yeah, more like five days. Yeah, more like five days. 
So yeah, um, this article is from the 7th of October. Oh, we're actually having the 12th of October. Ah, okay. 2019 by Eric McReynolds. So yeah, uh, let's start with it. Most of us received a little guidance or instruction on how to handle money when we were growing up, but that's okay. We can start learning now a little bit at time. A little bit at a time. Financial expert Natalie Torres Haddad begins with the basics. And I gotta have to say, it is really the case that I'm, I'm also not learning a lot about personal finances in school. Even though we learn about money and why money is money and why we have money. Even though often it is the case that people are like, well, um, which is actually something, again, that I learned from Seth Gordon. You know, Seth Gordon, the amazing Seth Gordon. And a lot of people say like, okay, we have money because it was just really bad to, to be like, okay, I just, okay, I'm a hairdresser, you know, and I need to give haircuts. But when nobody needs haircuts, then I'm not having a job. But the thing is, if we are trading, then it is like really fucked up because if I need just some pork and I'm a hairdresser and this person doesn't need a fucking haircut, what should I do then, you know? Even though there might be a third person that I could give a haircut to so that I get some uh, that I get some strings that the pork man needs. The pork man needs, and then I'm giving him this the this the strings and he gives me the fucking pork. It is not a really problem, you know, as Seth Gordon says. I don't I I've been thinking about it and I've been learning it in school that way, that it is the case that we're having money because like the trading stuff wasn't that handy. I guess, but it is actually also because of that, you know, because what should you have done with that, even though, like, of course, you could have just provided several haircuts and whatnot, but um, money is a really good thing to manage that, you know, you can be like, okay, um, I don't know, just I'm going into debt for a load of, uh, I don't know, 10k or something and then if you're having the money back and if you have earned it back then you can give it to your bank and, and whatever institution it might have been and then that's then it and with trading i don't know it could have been a little bit of a difficult thing i guess but yeah just something that popped into my mind but in general i'm not really you know besides the whole things that i'm reading about and besides the whole things that i'm listening to i i haven't been just really told about money that often and or that much so how most of us learn how to use our money wisely and well when we are growing up we are given special instruction in important subjects swimming driving sex to arm to arm us with info and keep us from harm it has also always been a case like i don't know just swim that way because you're gonna drown when you're swimming the other way and all those things Yet, uh, when it comes to managing our money, an activity that every one of us needs to do every day, we receive surprisingly little preparation. We are not taught much about it, about it in school because education systems leave it to us to learn from our families and friends. However, those people often don't fill in the gaps because money can be such a loaded or taboo topic. Yeah, you know, and I really don't get that because, like, why? It's, it's also the thing, like, a lot of people are not really talking about their earnings, at least in my country, you know. I kind of feel like that it might be different in the US, you know, that people are talking about, you know, what they're earning a little bit more. Of course, like, if you're saying, like, okay, I'm earning, like, I don't know, 
half a K a month, which is quite nothing, which is like you just not quite really being able to exist, basically. It, it depends on where you're living, of course. Um, it's, it's, it's not feeling so good, you know, especially when you're talking to a person that is like earning fucking hundreds of Ks a month. You know, of course it is then something bad, but I don't know if you're talking to your, to your kids, why shouldn't you talk about your earnings and why shouldn't you talk about how, how you manage your money, you know, so that you can show them what you're doing with their money. The thing is, of course, you can influence them by that, which means that um, when you're like, okay, you're just drinking a lot of beer and this is something that is important to you, then maybe it's also going to be important for your kids because they think it should be important. Maybe. You know, I'm just thinking about it, but, uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, just, just telling your kids and, and telling other people and whatnot, how you're using your money, I think is, is not that bad, you know, unless it is something that you, you should not be talking about, which is, you know, then something really taboo. I don't know, like there might be something, but let's go on. Natalie Torres had that or hated, I don't know. Uh, who grew up in Southern California, saw many people around her struggling with debt and financial instability. She was determined to be the ex exception and she purchased her first rental property in her early 20s and earned an M MPA, MPA? Isn't it an MBA? In finance and international business. In the process, however, she became buried in debt only by teaching herself the basics of money, basics that she never learned, she was able to steady herself and her finances, which sounds amazing. Today, she leads workshops and sessions to prevent others from failing into their money pit or falling into their money pit. She also, she's also the author of the self-published Financially Savvy in 20 Minutes. I'm really sorry. Um, she's, uh, she's found that even among the college-educated people she meets, the majority feel confused and overwhelmed about balancing their income and expenses. She says, this the stats show they are not alone, you know. A 2015 Ohio State University study reported nearly 70% of college graduates in the US say they do not feel equipped to manage money and deal with their debt. And especially, I feel like it is very important in the US, you know. It might even be more important in the US than in, in other countries, like in, in Europe. I think in general, just because, like, okay... Um, that is something that is really, really, really common in the US just because you have to go into debt for um, just uh, being able to attend school and those things. Uh, for example. So that is, is just way more prominent than it is just, for example, for me and for the people in, in, in Austria in general because, I don't know, I would only have to go in debt for buying myself a car, buying myself a house, um, being able to afford something relatively expensive, you know, just in general, you know, to kind of headline it. But yeah, not only must we get up to spend on the, to speed on the basics, we also need to start having honest conversations with each other about money, says Taurus Haddad, which is basically the thing that I was just talking about. Like, we need to talk about it, um, which is also the case for fucking mental health. I don't really get why we're not talking about mental health that, that openly, at least not in uh, just public, maybe. Because fortunately, there is the internet. And fortunately, people that are having some mental 
mental health issues are able to find somebody to talk to on the internet and or on some hotlines and whatnot uh, for free, which is amazing, which is really amazing because I think that uh, even though you could also be like, okay, the internet made a lot of people just feel sick mentally as well, which uh, is, is definitely the case, I guess. And it also helps a lot of people, hopefully. You know, as I'm just thinking about it, just there has to be something that uh, is helping some some people that are having mental health issues. Um, in the same way, we, we would tell family and friends that we're cutting out refined sugars from our diets or practicing yoga to increase our flexibility. We should be open with them about the steps we're taking to boost our financial health. That way, we can get advice and support. This transparency, she adds, can also make us less sus susceptible or susceptible to peer pressure-related spending. How many of us have agreed to a pricey meal or weekend trip because we didn't want to come clean about our money concerns? The funny thing is, I'm always, always the guy that is like, well, I do not want to go to there because it's costing a fucking load of fucking money. I'm always that guy. Always. Always. I'm, I'm like... The last uh, week I've been in the Netherlands, you know, in Amsterdam. It's, it's been a pretty cool time. It really has been a cool time. Um, primarily, I guess, because of the people, you know, because of my class. And it's just really been cool. The thing is, I think it's been three days we, when we have, you know, been eating out, you know, just besides going to the supermarket for buying some, some shit and whatnot. Uh, we've been eating out as well. And I've always, I've always been the cheapest. I guess at least. It just must be the case. Because I've always just buying I've always been buying just something relatively cheap, um, but still something that I would enjoy and something that I enjoy, which is uh like 99% it was soups, because I felt like okay, I can eat soups. And I've also noticed that there is quite some good soups out there. You know, quite really some good soups and some that are special as well, because I've eaten something like a sauerkraut soup. Something like that. I don't know what it actually was. You know, I actually have to look it up, I guess. But um, it's it's been really amazing. You know, I've been always the cheapest. I'm now having just spent like, um, I don't know, like like I think some something like 40, 50 bucks or something, which is quite nothing. Which is something that people have spent um, on one meal, actually. And I I'm always trying to to be really cheap. I always try to do that because. I actually don't know. I know saving money for me is something that is just maybe coming natural to me. I just like that way. I like to somehow not not have an easy life, maybe, and or being secure. You know, I had like uh, 130, 40 euros with me, and that was totally fine. I'm still having like 90 left or something like that. You know, which is just really fine. Like, yeah, it is cool. You know. That I haven't spent so that I haven't spent so much on this uh, vacation or trip and whatnot. Of course, I could have also been able to say no entirely to the whole eating thing, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I need something warm to eat as well because, like, yeah, I think it would have just fucked me even more if I wouldn't have done that. Um. Becoming financial literature does not require a huge time investment. Torres Haddad believes we can start by dedicating 15 to 20 minutes a day to developing our skills, knowledge, 
by learning new terms and resources. Just like attaining uh, literacy in a foreign language, he says, it is an ongoing education. Here are three things you need to know about your money. And it is quite a long article left, you know, and we have, well, we are having 15 minutes left, which is, I think, totally fine. And the first point, know how much money you're bringing in every month versus how much you're spending. I don't know if I should actually, well, I'm, I'm reading it. Most of us can rattle off our salaries in our sleep, but could you do the same for our monthly after-tax income and where you're spending your money every month? If you can't, uh, that's normal. But now it's time to learn your actual take-home pay and your actual expenses and not just ballpark figures or estimates. For your income, look at your physical or online pay-ups or stops and start keeping a record of the after-tax amounts. If you're a salaried employee, that number should be fairly steady. If you're not, those numbers will vary. Of course it will. Um, for your monthly expenses, Taurus Headed suggests writing down, whether it's a physical or online notebook, every single Every single daily purchase, like coffee, takeout, Uber, online shopping, etc., and you make, and uh, every single ongoing payment you make through auto pay or credit cards, like Netflix, gym memberships, car insurances, utilities, and whatnot. If you've never done this before, you may find this uncomfortable, even painful, but it will force you to face up, to face up to your spending habits. Of course, it will, because you're seeing black on fucking white. Um, that uh, what you're spending on, you know, and also I think it is very important to seeing what you're spending your money on, not not even how much you're spending, but what you're spending it on, you know. Then you're probably gonna see just something like okay, most often in in every month, you know, if you're doing this for for three months, let's say, then you're gonna see like okay, you're spending quite a lot of money on just taking Ubers, which is something that you could also I don't know, you could also walk that, and you know, or just take your bike and something like that which is then something really good because you can just see and, and tell and, and I don't know, that, um, yeah, that uh, you can prevent yourself from doing this again in the following months and whatnot. Um, it will also make these purchases visible. Often our regular outlays such as Netflix and Hulu, etc. can go unnoticed or unquestioned and our daily daily spends, especially if we pay by debit card, so the funds are instantly drawn from our bank accounts, can go forgotten. Torres that calls the letter runaway spending. When the little things that you thought cost only a few dollars actually cost much more in the long run. Take a daily $5 green smoothie, which is a lot, which is something that I would never ever pay for. Even though it is a green smoothie, even though it is something healthy, I would never ever pay five fucking bucks for a fucking smoothie. I wouldn't do that, you know, it is not something that I do, not doing that, you know, which is, which is something that I have to talk about after I've read the whole one. Um, by making them at home, you could save yourself a few hundred dollars a month, like, if it is like five daily, who the fuck would actually buy a fucking green smoothie a day? It is like $150 a month, it is really a fucking lot. The thing is, I'm not even feeling that bad. I'm only just uh, sounding a little bit crazy, to be honest. Like, I don't know why. It's a little bit fucked up. So after you have 
uh, after you have a fundamental un- understanding of income and expenses, you can download an app to help you track those categories. See your bank account, credit card, and loan balances, and organize your purchase into buckets so you can identify areas where you might cut back. Two, three apps to, to try are Bint or Charlie, says Doris Hannett, but she cautions apps can be a little out of sight or out of mind. Meaning if you need extra help to be aware of your spending, stick with the pen and paper or pen and pad or fingers and keyboard method a while longer. I'm just really willing to check out Mint. It's, it, it sounds cool. And there you're having it. When you're on top of your money, you'll, you'll live good. Life is good. You're gonna live good. Yeah. Uh, help your effortlessly manage your finances in one place. All in one finances, we bring all of your money to one place from balances and bills to credit score and more. Budgets made simple. All your money. See all of your bills and money at a glance. Um, it would really... I don't know if there's something like that, but it would be nice if you're able to just uh, scan all the bills that you're, you're actually paying which would actually be something that I would really enjoy because I'm always taking bills with me. Like when I'm in the grocery store, I'm always, 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 always taking the bill. But the problem is I'm always just losing them somewhere. And let's see this other one. Your money-saving prodigy penguin. It's called Charlie. So the first one is Mint, M-I-E-M-I-N-T, I'm sorry. And this one is Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E. Uh, no app to download, just text me and I will get started. Which is amazing. Which is really amazing. Because uh, you just only have to text it, but I guess it is only uh, Facebook Messenger or something, if I'm seeing it correctly here, but I'm not quite sure. Chat on Messenger. Um, nothing to download, no apps to install, uh, no subscriptions, nothing, just text or chat. Charlie uses better security than banks do and never shares your private information. And it's free. So there are some screenshots. Track my Uber spending. So you can text them and then tell them what to do. Uh, Like save 400 bucks for a vacation. And then it is doing that for you. And or... Okay, I'm going to read this little text because I think it is maybe interesting to you. So save 400 bucks for a vacation. And then the bot says, looks like you want to save some money. I can crunch the numbers. When do you want to have 400 bucks saved? For example, April the 10th or Christmas. And then he or she said, July the 10th. Great. All you have to do is set aside 55 each week to save 400 by July the 10th, 2019. Do you want me to set up a weekly reminder for you? And then you've got to have a weekly reminder. The problem that I'm seeing there is, can you also be using it without uh, just Facebook Messenger? You know, which is something that I'm not using. Most common questions. What is Charlie? How do you start getting help from Charlie? What questions can I ask Charlie? Let's actually... uh, um, what is my balance? How do I connect other accounts? It would actually be great to have something like a set that is uh, like able to scan all your... I think I would actually get that. You know, something that is scanning my bills and whatnot because I kind of feel like, well, it could be pretty cool. 
and could also help me with my expenses. Even though something that I wanted to say is that if you're spending quite nothing on anything, uh, then of course it is easier to track it. I'm not tracking my all my expenses. I'm not doing this. I'm just constantly just thinking about my money and trying to not spend a lot of money on, on everything or on anything, which is maybe my tactic or my way to, to save money and to be aware of it. But I should also track it. You know, I should really also track it, you know, and uh, really important. So I guess, I don't know, a lot of people are not spending a lot of money on, on just some things, but still tracking it might be a good thing to do. But the second one, the second tip is know your uh, FICO score and your other credit scores. Just taking a sip, I'm sorry. Ah... So while you don't need to have a good credit score to be financially literature, you must know what it is. Note, most of, the, most of the information in this section applies to people living in the US. In the US, FICO was the first company to offer a three-digit credit risk score for lenders to use when deciding whether or not to approve a loan or line of credit, a credit limit, and an interest rate. There are three other national credit reporting barriers something, Experian, uh, Equifax, and TransUnion, which also keep track of all your loans, student, auto, personal, etc., and your balances and histories for all your credit cards, whether issued by banks, store, or businesses, stores, or businesses. However, the I, uh, the FICO score is the most frequently used when you apply for, credits car for credit cards, mortgages, and most types of loans, rent an apartment, or sign up for utilities. FICO scores range from 300 to 850, 670 and up is seen as good score and 800 and up is excellent. While the FICO score is calculated with a proprietary uh, algorithm, the primary factors that go into it are your repayment history, which just makes sense to be honest. Um, your repayment history, where did I stop? Do you pay your credit Credit card bills on time, how late are you and whatnot. How much debt you're carrying on your cards and loans, how long you have successfully held a credit card or loan for and whether uh, whether you have managed to hold a mix of different kinds of credit. Which is something that just makes sense, you know, to, to keep track of for the banks that are giving their money to you. So most banks, is, most banks and credit cards offer free access to, to your uh, FICO score on their mobile apps and websites. So here's a list and there would have been a list and I'm going to link down this article down in the description so that you can also find all those links. Um, if you don't use one of these companies, you can also find out how to access your score in FICO's helpful FIQ, including a, a chart showing where your score falls between poor and exceptional. Um, besides checking your FICO score every year, do an annual check of the reports issued by Experian, Equifax and TransUnion. Uh, this is so you can verify that they're uh, correct. Make sure no one has opened up a line of credit in your name and see whether you might improve. You're entitled uh, uh, to a free copy of a credit report from each barrier once a year. Beware, many sites will charge you a fee, so use the federally approved and secure annual credit report site, which is also linked in this article. So if you're on this article, you can also check out this one. Um, if it is your first time checking out, checking or uh, you're about to make a big purchase, such as a car or home, 
Taurus Handed suggests getting all the three reports at once. After that, she rec recommends spacing them out throughout the year. That way, you can quickly catch any errors, fraud, identity theft, or any other actions that could hurt your credit history. Mark your calendar so you know where you can request your next free credit report. Um, but just in general, I gotta have to say, I guess, being a bank is quite a good business, isn't it? Unless you're just doing some shit like in 2008, you know? The third one, you know, the third and last one, know how much credit card debt you are carrying. Is there something serious now? <laughs> because I kind of feel like, well, everybody should know that or everybody is, is, is knowing that, you know, but at least just maybe in Europe, you know, at least maybe in Europe because we're not just handling such a lot of debt, only as I said for cars, um, because there is no student loans and whatnot. So like... Unless you're just attending a private school or something, then there's gonna be some some student loan and whatnot. But most often it's like, nah, there's no just there's there's not a lot of debt. You know, I'm not in debt and I'm 18 years old, and I guess some people in the US might be already in debt at 18 years. Mm. But I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm not quite sure. I'm not from the US. I don't know any. Well, personally, I don't know anybody from the US. Um, so knowing how much credit card that you're carrying and how quickly it is increasing due to interest is critical to your financial literacy. Make a list on paper or on computer of each of your credit cards, their current balances and current interest rate. Then put them in order from highest interest rate to lowest. In general, says Taurus Handat, this should be how you should prioritize paying them off. Paying as much as you can towards the card with the highest interest rate while paying the minimum on the other cards called the debt snowball method. This was popularized by money expert Dave Ramsey. If you have any cards that offered a 0% APR as a promotion when you sign up, mark down the date on which the promotional rate expires because that's when you can expect your debt to accumulate at a high interest rate like 20% or more, which is just really fucking insane. Try to budget your monthly payments so that this card will have little to no balance when the Expiration date arrives, which makes sense or which would make sense. Believe it or not, having a credit card can be a great thing for a person's FICO and credit scores if you are using it responsibly. Of course, carrying no debt on your cards is best. Otherwise, Taurus and Net recommends using no more than 30% of your available credit card limit. So if you have credit card limits, uh, so if you're having credit cards with limits like 6K, then, um, so if you have two credit cards with, uh, which with limits of 6k a piece, totally, uh, totaling 12k, obviously, in available credit, make sure the total balances you're carrying do not exceed 4k, so 30%. If you have managed to pay off a credit card, congratulations. But uh, while you may be tempted to close it, Taurus Handed advises against it. Why? Closing the account will shrink your total amount of available credit and cause your credit score to dip. Instead, delete the card number from any online shopping accounts, cancel any auto-pay auto bills to it and freeze the card in ice. It may sound silly, but it means that, you're, that if you want to use it, you will be forced to wait for it to defrost and forced to take a little time to think about your purchases. Once again, which is amazing. Um, 
When choosing a new credit card, look for ones that offer incentives, such as travel points or cashback, which could help you and or your finances. Taurus Hannett recommends, uh, recommends going to nerdwallet.com and bankrate.com to compare credit card offers. Obviously, these three points represent just a small part of financial literature. That's why Taurus Hannett urges people to be patient and to learn gradually. Two books he recommends are Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, which is something that I do not like, and Robert T. Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. For those who like to, uh, to get information through listening, she, she, she suggests the Popcorn Finance and her uh, The Narrow Matters podcast. So Popcorn Finance and her The Narrow podcast. When you can supplement your research with uh, an in-person workshop at, at Taurus Handed, even going to one financial literature workshop can have, is it actually literature? Lit, it's actually literacy. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, can have a life-changing effect, she says, of course, everything. It's, it could even be one book that is changing your fucking life. A good time to find free workshops in April, which is financial literacy, month in the US, one of the best investments you can make in your life is to educate yourself about money, says Torres, and that it can really give you a lot of peace of mind. Of course, because if you're just always having to think about fucking money, then it's not going to be something good. It's not going to be something really nice to have, I guess. Um, but yeah, this is going to be it with the episode, I guess. Yeah, it's been fun, even though it's a little bit fucked up when I'm reading and my voice sounds like shit. But yeah, I hope that it wasn't bothering you that much. I hope that it was really fine. I hope that you've learned something as well. And I really hope that you've liked it. But yeah, um, with that being said, I wish you the best health of happiness and also success. And I also hope that you're going to remind yourself on how you're going to be remembered, which means your legacy, you know, which means like being nice and then being remembered as a nice person. The only problem there is that it might not be the case, you know, because we're more than 7 fucking billion people on this planet, which means that there's just got to be somebody that dislikes you or even hates you just for no reason actually just really for no fucking reason but yeah um three other questions that i hope that you're going to ask yourself are why are you here what are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most and those three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose in life and maybe even some or one business ideas you know just just because and just because a lot of um, a lot of businesses started with being pissed by uh, certain things and then they changed it because nobody did and nobody wanted to and nobody whatever and then there was a business and that's great. But yeah, um, please subscribe to the podcast, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you've liked it, rate it if you've liked it, um, just also rate it if you disliked it and I don't know, hit me up on social media. All the links should be down in the description and also show notes if you are on the podcast. The uh, um, article should also be linked down and all the links in the article are then also linked down in the description and also all the other maybe relevant links that I might find after I've uploaded it or while I'm uploading it and whatnot. But yeah, um, I'll uh, see you the next time, I guess. Hopefully. I really hope.